It's the Sal and Rich Show. We're back. Part two. So we started uh, to uh, have offline conversation, and we thought after a few minutes, it was like, this stuff is really interesting. We shouldn't have stopped. So um, Fran was nice enough to stick around a little bit longer and uh, continue the conversation with us. So nobody does a part two, right? Sebastian nobody. and Pete, nobody does part two. Nobody. We're we're breaking new ground here with part two. So I'm going to put – we're also having mic issues. So I'm going to put the mic over in the middle here so we can share the mic. So, what we had discussed was, after we finished the first podcast, your time in the Marine Corps. Tell us a little bit about that. You joined college. Yeah, it's, um, I got pretty much caught up with, with the guys that I uh, hung out with uh, from the track team, <clears throat> some football players, guys that were in a, a PLC program, Rich, who... Um, they would go down the summer of their sophomore year and come back and then uh, finish up after junior year. I, I didn't want to do any of that, but um, so anyway, they they pretty much sold me on the on the whole OCS program, and I thought it was a good idea. I was interested in uh, what the program had to offer. I I thought that um, be a good opportunity to uh, to the Marine Corps headquarters was in Quantico, and and they were. Uh, Certainly, talking about uh, possibly making their their track team, and you know, as a twenty one year old kid, I don't consider myself an adult at twenty one. <laughs> I didn't then, uh, so I said, "Yeah, sure, it sounds good." So I went down, and this was at the end of Vietnam. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Vietnam. Uh, so this was uh, summer of seventy five. Uh, Vietnam fell to the communists April, the end of April, April 30, <coughs> excuse me, 75. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me again. Also, uh, you know, we had a problem in May. I went in in June. So May, there was a tragedy. Uh, it's called the Mayaguez incident, which, um, group of Marines were sent in to rescue some uh, civilians who had been captured by the Khmer Rouge. And uh, see, the problem was then that because of Vietnam, where we, and, and again, this is, some people might not agree with this, but we weren't allowed to fight in Vietnam as we could have. So the country's administration was calling all the shots. So everything had to be approved by President Ford. And here are these Marines, and this is what I was taught when I was there. Here are these Marines on the Mayaguez was a ship that was captured. Uh, they're down there, and they're waiting for orders. You know, to, the whole thing with the Marine Corps is, you know, Marine Corps is a surprise. You know, go in there, take uh, what you need to take and get out. So they're sitting there on this island waiting for orders, and uh, that gave the enemy time. And, and in short, it was a fiasco. A lot of guys lost their lives, and uh, it was a big mess. So when I was there in the summer, everybody was kind of pissed off, um, all, all the people running the show. And, uh, you know, it, it, was, it was tough that way. Um, and a lot of guys I was in with, we're not right out of college, and I wasn't prepared for that. But you know, I I picked up from them. Uh, a lot of a lot of them, many of them were uh, 
enlisted guys who were selected for commissions. And some of these guys had been to Vietnam two and three times, you know. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, I was kind of like a fish out of water for a long time. Yeah. You know? So talk, talk a little bit about, um, when you, um, got enlisted and you went to Quantico for, you know, your first gig, what they did <laughs> as far as waking you guys up. And I think it starts at 10 o'clock at night. They, they take you down there. You go through that. Because that was interesting. And I, I mean, the many, many, many of the, of the listeners I'm sure were in the military and went through the same thing. So, you know, not to uh, tell the same old stories, but it was interesting. You know, you, it was a mental thing with, with uh, officer training and uh, more so, uh, I'm sorry, I got to mix up. It was more of a physical thing with the officers and it was tougher mentally for the enlisted guys. But right. uh, yeah, you get down there around 10 o'clock at night and you get all your gear and then you go in the barracks and you eventually you're not called a bed, it's called a sack. You're, you're in the sack and... Uh, Lo and behold, around 3.30, uh, your drill instructor comes in and starts to throw metal trash cans up against the cement wall. And uh, it was welcome. Well, you know, welcome to the Marines. Right. So what was the reaction from your mom and dad? You went home and said, Mom and Dad, I'm joining the Marine Corps. Yeah, well, they, they weren't real happy. Uh, you know, just, my dad was didn't say much, but I knew he wasn't happy about it. He... He thought, uh, you know, I should go out and get a job. and But anyway, uh, long story short, it, it worked out. But you, you also, uh, if I remember correctly, when we were talking, you, when they, they had the lottery going. Oh, uh, we talked, yeah, we talked about the lottery. And um, I think it was in 73 when uh, we, you know, my number came up like 360. Rich was, you know, high up. Yours, yours was 32, right? Yeah, and I I knew um, Chick Schaefer. His number was in the top ten, so he knew he was going. I think he enlisted, if I remember correctly. Um, but um, you know, what was what was that all about? How did that feel? You know, when and how did you work around all that, realizing that you you number thirty two, you're going to go? Well, I was a freshman in college, so it was a totally different animal. And um, you know, for, I get a letter from the Marine Corps. I had no interest at the time, and they say, "Congratulations, you won the lottery." <laughs> Uh, which I didn't think was too funny at the time. <laughs> it's funny now. Yeah. So, um, you know, the army, the army sent a letter. You uh, report to uh, Camden, downtown Camden, for your physical, and ran into Mike Coyle. You guys remember Mike? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Mike and I, you know, went through, got the physical together, and uh, say what you will about Nixon, but um, you know, he ended the draft, and he was my biggest. Uh, hero at the time i was very glad so i was able to finish college and get on with things yeah yeah that was um that was uh, we all went through that and i remember I, I remember um you know everybody was just a nervous wreck my parents that day they did a the lottery it was i think it was on tv everybody was was watching and my mother and father were like really really concerned i was a sophomore in, in college at the time i went to Rutgers in camden and um 
I remember some of the conversation. My mother was like, "We're well, going to go to Canada, you know. And I don't want you to go." I was like, "Yeah, right. I'm going to Canada. That's not going to happen, you know." So, um, but thank God, my number was was real high, so I didn't have to worry about it. But uh, it's it's uh, it was scary. And then Vietnam was one of those wars, as you well know, um, is that it was a war that we really didn't try to win, you know. Um, and we were some parts of the, the the military had their hands tied behind their back. You know, you were talking about. Um, I've got a different part of this story, which is kind of interesting, um, and it's Patty's cousin. There was a separate war going on in Cambodia. You know, everybody knows that now, and in fact, it was revealed later. But there were guys that they recruited to go and and fight in Cambodia, and these guys were. There's a book called The Ravens, and that's what they were called, The Ravens. And I forget how many guys were there, but Patty's cousin was one of the guys that did flyovers and did reconnaissance. And then once he found out where the bad guys were, then they go in and bomb them. And um, they trained these guys and they wanted them to specifically be quote cowboys. They didn't want them to be, you know, military. They wanted them to be out of the box guys. And <clears throat> so his first flight, he gets shot down and gets killed. And, um, and he's in the book, his name is in the book. And, um, and what happens is um, the, the guy's, got so pissed off that they lost one guy already. They went in and strafed it down, you know, and that's just what you did. It's in the book, um, <clears throat> unfortunately. The other sad part of the story is they never found any of Patty's cousin's remains, and so they sent something back to her aunt. And, it, right, honey, it wasn't anything that was his. I mean, yeah. Yeah, they didn't recognize anything because it wasn't his, you know, and they're, like, looking at the shoe size, and it's just nothing in the foot. No, nothing, so... Yeah, that's again. That's a part of the war that nobody talks about. Uh, but thankfully, there are some books out there. If you if you're, if you're interested in it, um, there's something on YouTube uh, with the Ravens. If you want to watch it, it's, nice, it's interesting. The book itself is very interesting too. Frank, you mentioned, um, but we weren't allowed to fight in Vietnam. You sort of alluded to that, right? That's what I was was taught. Yeah, you know where where I was. That was the lesson that was. And there, there is a book out there called The Class of 66. was written by a graduate of West Point, and that was their complaint. We couldn't fight the war. It was all being managed by uh, Washington. And so one of the questions I asked after we shut down the last interview was, how did the Marine Corps leave you as a person before and after? Again, in, in my short time there, I, I thought it was well worth it. And, uh, you know, it's it's just a discipline that, uh, and again, many, many probably listeners know what I'm talking about. But um, it's it's invaluable. You take it through the rest of your life with you. Uh, I mean, we, we've got guys right from Paul Six, um, you know, uh, Johnny Bottle was a 30-year colonel, you know, he just unbelievable uh, the service that uh, many many of you out there uh, put in, but uh, yeah yeah I, I I thought it was very worthwhile the uh, the everyday. You learned things that you know came just helped you in your life, right? I mean, yeah, you, like sure. you said, you became a teacher, and there were probably some things that you learned in the Marine, even though you were short time, that helped you get through you know crisis, whatever you know. Yeah. My 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 wife Susan likes to uh, tease me about uh, the hot days in the classroom before air conditioning, where I used to wear a suit and tie and 
never loosen the tie. And, and I would say, well, that's, you know, to show my students that you got to put up with it. Right. That's, that's an old thought I was a weirdo, I guess. Well, that's so, yeah. Oh, yeah. The nuns, too. You know, the yeah. nuns, too. But, so well, I believe crazy. that my eighth grade nun was in the Marine Corps. Yeah. Because she used to throw trash cans against the wall. <laughs> she did. Did she really? Uh-huh. She was like four foot two, but she was tough. Is this Sister yeah. Malachi? No, nah, it was Sister uh, Perpetua. Pauline <laughs> or we, something. We had a few, yeah. yeah. We, we've, all, we've all had our... Uh, I'll tell you my story with the nuns. We're, we're getting off track, but that's okay. Um, so I first grade, Brooklyn, New York. Um, I guess I'm six. And we get to class. And my nun is Sister Aloysius, Mary Aloysius. And she, at the time, I mean, to me, she looked like she was about 95. Um, but she was tough. And so we get into class. And I didn't go to kindergarten. I didn't know anything about any of this stuff. And so there's Palmer method. You know, well, how do you write? Spell your name, right? So... She's going around the classroom. She's like, I want you to go, everybody go up the board, spell your name. I'm like, I, I didn't know how to do that. My parents didn't teach me that. Well, she got so pissed off at me. She would, she wrapped my knuckles and then she dragged me by my hair and take me back to my seat. You're going to learn this, you know, by the time you come back tomorrow. Right. So I go home and I'm crying to my dad. I said, she's dragging me around the room with my, pulling my hair. My father says, well, we'll take care of that. Takes me down to the barbershop, gets me a crew cut. <laughs> So the next day, Sister Mary Aloysius is pissed off because she can't drag me around, but she's still wrapping my knuckles, you know. And I finally finally learned how to do how to write my name, Bomber Method. One last story about a nun. <laughs> it was about two thousand and five, two thousand four, and our classmate Jack Navicus was retired, was sick, and he used to uh, drive our eighth grade nun around in the car, and she was retired, and she was probably. I don't know, four foot five or something, about a hundred pounds, and she used to beat the living hell. Yell at kids. They pulled into the church parking lot, and the CCD program had been taken over by lay teachers, mm -hmm. and they're in the parking lot. The kids were acting up, and Jack whispered over to her, "Don't you wish you could beat these kids one more time?" And he, her reply was in her Irish accent, "I do, I do, just one more time." That is classic. Oh my god, I love it. I love it. Anything else you want to cover? We just wanted to come back because there was a couple of things that were really interesting that uh, Fran covered. So, again, part two, we'll post this up and um, you guys can watch it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Fran. Yeah, oh, and then you want great Sal and Rich show. Yeah, you got a poster. <laughs> All right, folks. We're going to close it out. Hit your uh, your camera. Yeah, that's what you see online, right? right.